on digital radio, on the app, on your smart TV, on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Facebook. The Sports Cast. Expect the unexpected. The update presented by the Sports Cast. Cast February 26, 2024. If you haven't yet, please subscribe in all our channels YouTube, Twitch, X, and Apple Podcast. You can also listen to us on your smart speaker. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, please leave a rating and review. It'll help us out tremendously. Also, for Spotify, we're also on online radio. Listen to us there. Also, visit our website, thesportscast.net, and also on X, the Sportscast One, also IG. Uh, and also check out uh, and also check out our app, the Sportscast for iOS. What a weekend in sports! We got Liverpool winning, we got Jokic dropping thirty-two, and we got Hal Phillips writing a book. What's going on, Hal? Welcome back to the Sportscast. Uh, thank you for having me, Santi. Um, is this Carabao Monday? Are we calling it Carabao Monday? What? Which, why not? Have you ever had a Carabao? Because I don't think they sell it here in the states. No, I, I, uh, it took me a long time to even understand what it was and and remains i you know i no i had no idea it's a very uk thing very uk thing I, I, which is interesting because i went to a uk food store on saturday and i forgot to check out if they had a caribou drink there but oh like a uk specialty products sh- um store yes and they sell like everything like jam and and um and and marmalade and stuff like that Everything, um, English scones, English biscuits, yeah. the one with the raisins inside, or like raspberries. Uh, they also sell meat from England too. I think, uh, what's it called? The one with the full English breakfast, the really dark meat, uh, sausage. I don't oh, know what it's called. Uh, yeah, uh, a black pudding. Black pudding that is pretty good, actually. I like it. And, uh, yeah, Carabao, like- Carabao is, I think, very down market. It's like a snacky thing, whereas you know, marmalade is not. It's, it's not, very yeah. serious business. Claudia, a lot also in Australia, I think. Yeah, well, that's a Commonwealth country. They picked it all up from the mother country. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I recommend going to the stores. Yes, the price is a little bit more expensive because of import um, taxes and all that stuff. But I like it. I like the like the well, the, the Cadbury chocolate house is pretty easy to get. I think most supermarkets in the states have it. So and Cadbury does taste different than like Hershey's chocolate. Um, Hershey's chocolate is much sweeter. Um, And uh, British chocolate is not as sweet. And uh, I like a Cadbury. I like a fruit and nut. Fruit and nut's good. Exactly. I like British food. (laughs) Well, at least there is some that's that's worth a damn now. When I was there in the (laughs) 80s, um, going to college, um, when you wanted to go out and get a decent meal, you had to eat Indian. Interesting. I have not had... I I heard England has one of the best Indian food in the world. uh, Outside of India. I'm going to want to know why, because there's Indians there. That's what, that's the key. That's the key. And there's good, there's good Chinese food because there's Chinese there. That is the key to um, ethnic food. You have to have the people who know it. Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, let's get into sports. Uh, Let's start with the NBA before we get into the, the care about stuff. Nikola Jokic, uh, how and I talked about, uh, about this before the show. There's more drama in the West. He dropped 
32 points in his third straight triple double as Nuggets semi the Warriors, which the Warriors were having a good run uh, recently. Uh, but the uh, but the Broncos, the Nuggets are three and zero start after the All Star break. How they're looking good? I think they're playoff mode right now. Well, it's an interesting matchup, if only because I think people want to believe that the Warriors are still capable of doing something now that Draymond is back and they've integrated a couple more young guys into this lineup, Pozemski and Moody and um, uh, who's the other guy? Oh, they got a 6'9 guy uh, blanking on him. But anyway, they're they're trying to, you know, to, to, to get younger and a little bigger, but you know, I just, I'm just not buying it. I think that they're better. They're playing better, but they're not actually better. There's still seven or eight teams that are better than they are in the West and will beat them in a playoff series um, without too much drama. In my view, um, Denver's a little more interesting because they haven't played that great all year. Uh, the, the, you know, I don't know that they're really trying. I think that's the NBA's biggest issue. They just don't, they don't really care that much about um, regular season games, especially a team like Denver, which knows they're going to make the playoffs and where the games actually matter. But yeah, big win. Um, I think they showed the who's boss and uh, the West is just is way more interesting to me because of teams like Denver and the Clippers and the Timberwolves and uh, even Dallas. Now, I think there's four or five teams that could come out of the West, none of them being the Warriors. Yeah, uh, for sure. And also an old Lakers as well, which we'll get to it a little bit later. Um, what are your thoughts on that 60-game requirement rule um, for players to play in the regular season? Oh, you mean uh, the MVP rule? The MVP rule, yeah. You got to play right. at least 65 games, yeah. I think it's 65 games. And, you know, I generally, I think you know, Santi, I, I don't care about most valuable player races. They're not a race. They are a weird ass popularity contest punctuated by, you know, people who want people to win a bunch of row and people who want new faces. I don't care about any of that. So, um, but it is interesting to me in the, in the context of the load management um, ongoing discussion we're having about the NBA, really hard to watch an NBA regular season game and think that anyone on the, on the floor cares that much about who's winning these things from night to night. So they're taking every fourth game off on a cycle. You can watch that too. If you play Roto like I do, you, you see guys just get rested regularly now. And I get it. If you're paying someone $100 million, um, the player wants to maintain physical fitness and the team has an interest in maintaining that physical availability. But, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of teams, a lot of guys who have trouble getting to 65 games. That's um, 17 you know, injury slash rest nights out of 82. That's cutting it pretty close. Um, Embiid's already out. Um, Jokic is very, very durable. So I think he is probably a pretty good bet to get that 65. So is Giannis. Um, and so is Tatum. So these guys, these guys are durable. They're not trying any harder than they did or that, you know, last year or any harder than anyone else, I guess. But they just have a, have a habit of playing games regularly whereas other guys have a habit of taking every opportunity to uh rest so uh i think there will be three or four guys who got ruled out in addition to Embiid. it's just a question of luck right now i mean they're probably gonna get people get hurt but if you've been load managing on the front end and then you really get hurt in march you're screwed i was thinking about this how maybe what your thoughts about this obviously in soccer we play each 
uh, every team in the league twice. Uh, do you think they should scale it down? Maybe have one or two games a week? Because NBA has a lot of games every week. Yeah, this is a big philosophical discussion. I mean, the 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 format of league scheduling is really um, all based on the baseball model, which is how many can we get away with? You know, I mean, before games were on television, your gate, you know, was your main source of income when it came to a club. And, you know, 82 games, great. We can, you know, even when the, the, the NBA was not popular at all, you really needed those games to pay the bills. Now you don't. Um, now you get that money from uh, from TV and from licensing fees and selling merch. Um, so it's a totally different deal. But I don't know how you do it. I mean, I would be very happy if they scaled things down to 65, 70 games a season. Um, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, small supply creates high demand. So right now we have high supply and low demand. And that's true of every sport in America except football. And they're, they've pushed the limit on this too. Now, what is that now, 17 regular season games? 17 regular season games, correct. But the week-to-week -week thing um, builds up you know, suspense. And, and even when you're playing games on Thursdays and, and Mondays, you know, they're, they're encroaching on that. But I don't know how you fix it other than just start playing less games. Now, will the players take less money because they're being paid at 65 over 82, the whatever that fraction is? How do you reduce that fraction? I'm asking 65 over 82. Can that be reduced? Right. I don't think so. Because, not, because, I'm sorry, uh, Sandy. Uh, because <laughs> uh, uh, the, the whole uh, contractual situation, I think you're right. I think that's already yeah. all set up and everything. So all in thought in mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the players want to play less games, but they want, they don't want to take 65 over 82% of the money that they've been making so far. And I can't blame them. So it's a really difficult question. Um, you know, sports is, is dealing with these kind of issues all over the place in golf. We see that they're trying to get guys to play more and their idea is to throw more money at rich guys. Now that doesn't work. Um, and I think we've seen that over and over again. And basketball has seen that too. You know, how do we get these guys to show up for an all-star game and care about it? It's not by paying them half a million dollars a piece if they win. They don't care. They've got enough money, especially the stars. It's a really interesting situation and time for professional sports um, worldwide, but especially in this country where we're working, again, off a model that is 110 years old. 110 years old. As you say, baseball has a lot of influence in our sports. Uh, you know, in the NFL and Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball started with like the whole wall card thing and yeah. divisional yeah. playoffs. You see that in the NFL. You'll see that in the NBA, even though playing in is like a wild card. Uh, round it feels like sometimes right i mean i think that you know the, i don't have a problem with the wild card necessarily it was done to increase interest in you know the end of the regular season um which you know if again if you're a roto person like me was a death march and guys just not playing because their spot is secure and they're sitting them down and resting them for the playoffs so those last couple of weeks were really grim yeah. Uh, this spices it up a little bit, involves three or four teams maybe, and uh, it's more fun. I got no problem with that because, what is that, still nine out of, you know, nine, 18 out of 32 teams. That's not a terrible percentage, um, and I don't think it necessarily hurts the playoff product. I mean, if you're TNT, and this is all this that we've talked about applies to hockey as well, but if you're TNT, 
and you're televising playoff games, ESPN as well, playoff hockey and and uh, hockey and basketball. You just want to get to the playoffs. That you want to get to the playoffs too, because that's where you make money. That's where you actually get eyeballs. Um, these regular season games are very poorly watched outside of home, you know, home markets. Uh, it's just not compelling viewing. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, great discussion, by the way, in this situation, because I've been thinking about this for a while. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to TV markets, especially with uh, the one Bailey or Bebe, uh, I can't remember of that TV network, but they actually shut down. Oh, and now these. Yeah. So now like the local regional areas are trying to take over those game rights or I think the NBA app might show some of them already. So. Um, well, it's it's fascinating to watch the Bally Sports thing. They're, they they run, you know, they own the contracts for a dozen different NBA local regional television packages. And, you know, 12 years ago when cable was ascendant, they were the top dog. That would look like a good business. You know, you're wrapping up these teams. You get, um, you know, a home market all the time and you still get all the other teams coming through or, you know, showing that the, you know, being able to feature them when you travel with your home club. But uh, since streaming has has happened, you know, these cable channels are dying. Um, and, you know, basic cable is also dying. So uh, they're in a huge amount of debt, Bally Sports is. That's why they're in trouble. But they're they're in debt because everyone leveraged that and thought that was the way that uh, it would be impossible to lose money by getting into that business 12 years ago. Well, times change. Times have changed. I do prefer the cable situation where you just, you know, turn on, uh, you put in the channel number, you know, 213. There you go. But these streaming networks, you got to like dig in through the apps and, you know, and try to look for these games. Santi, you're a young man. Are you telling me? I mean, it's very, very odd to me that you're sticking up for cable. That's that's something old men do, even older than I me. I don't know. Unless these apps or maybe Apple TV or Google can figure out a way to be easier to get these. I mean, they do have some shortcuts, but I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm more the traditional. I like radio, by the way. So look, listen to the old school radio yeah. and everything. Hear sports on the radio. It, it's great. It's just Amazing technology. But anyways, we'll get back into the news. Uh, Lakers beat the Suns 123-113. Kevin Durant, how added 22, and the Suns pulled away in the fourth quarter. Uh, Grayson Allen and O'Neal had crucial three-pointers on the back-to-back possessions to put Phoenix up 116-104 with three minutes left. Nurkic added one of the best all-around games of his career with 18 points, 22 rebounds, and seven assists. The Suns and and the Lakers coach was complaining about the officiating last yeah. night. Uh, there was uh, discrepancies, he says, after his team shot eight free throws but allowed the nineteen in Sunday's game. So, your thoughts over this uh, game overall? Well, if you watch the Suns, um, the idea that they will out um, out free throw you in terms of opportunities is quite amazing. That is not an in the paint team. Um, they're, all their big guns are, are perimeter players that shoot from the outside and don't go inside and don't necessarily go to the line that often. Nurkic has been great for um, Phoenix. He has been um, everything they could have hoped for and more. They traded him basically for um, uh, uh, Deont- Oh, who is the center? Why am I blanking? Uh, Andre Deontay. Uh, Deontay uh, Deandre Ayton. Thank you. Deandre. <laughs> He's gone to, they basically swap places. He's in, in Portland um, putting up some stats, but essentially doing nothing just like he did in Phoenix. 
Um, but uh, he was, he's been great. And so that was the reason they even took any free throws is that Nurkic got fouled a bunch because he was sort of dominating inside. Um, if the Suns are beating you up inside, you've got big trouble. I mean, the Lakers just aren't very good. But the thing is, neither neither are the Suns. I mean, um, the Suns were supposed to have this big three, but they gutted their roster, um, you know, in order to, to get Durant and Bradley Beal and Devin Booker on the same floor. But they've got no tools around them other than Nurkic. Who plays in the paint for them? Who rebounds the ball? Drew Eubanks, you know, um, basically made the most headlines he did all year by taking a sucker punch from um, Isaiah Stewart a couple weeks ago. He's not a terrible player, but you're not going to play him the, that much in the playoffs. They need some big bodies. They don't have them. They're not going to win any playoff games with that, and the Lakers aren't either. Um, and neither, you know, frankly, is Sacramento or um, the Warriors. That There's four teams that aren't terrible. Um, they're sort of fun to watch, and the national media loves talking about the Warriors and the Lakers and the Suns now that they have a big three. But none of them are as good as the Timberwolves, the Clippers, um, the Nuggets, or uh, who's the fourth team? I like Dallas. I think Dallas is Dallas good. One, Minnesota's good, too. OKC. Yeah, they, okay, oh, I forgot all about OKC. Yeah, they have five team. elite teams. Thank you. Thank you. Good very, call. very young team in the West. A lot going on. A lot more drama. But there is some drama in the East. Celtics versus Knicks. Uh, your Celtics beat the Knicks 116, 102. Jalen Brown, I like this player, scored 30 <sighs> points. Orsinga's 22. And the and this could be the best team in the East, I think. The Celtics? Yes, not New York. Maybe maybe like number two, but without a no. doubt. The the ESPN would would absolutely kill. They would literally kill someone. They would sacrifice you know, uh, uh, an on-air personality in order to have the Knicks be better than this because that makes them, all these games coming down the stretch more marketable. But they're not. They're no good. Um, and they're especially no good that with Julius Randle hurt, um, they just don't have the pop that they need. And, you know, uh, Mitchell is just, Mitchell Robinson um, has been hurt and may come back for the playoffs. Look, they're fine. They, they're, they're a good team. They're better than we thought they'd be. So is Cleveland. Um, but that that's it. The Heat are not as good as they were. Um, I know. They remind me. Yeah. The Sixers are no good without, they're nowhere without Embiid. Um, the Bucks have been, what, three and seven, maybe four and seven now since Doc Rivers took over. Um, they're not as good as they were. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're, they haven't improved. The Celtics have improved. Um, and uh, if they don't win the East, I think it'd be a, a terrific upset. Uh, and, and, you know, it'd bum me out. But uh, I don't. I don't see them being challenged. Um, there will be games. There will be series where they um, lose games because they just keep shooting threes, and they're they're cold and they don't have any plan B. That bothers me. I think it may cost them a chance to win a title. Um, but I guess I don't worry about them coming out of the East. If I'm not saying I'm not going to bet my bottom dollar that they will. But geez, none of these teams are any good that that they're playing against. None. Which team is the biggest threat to these Celtics, in your opinion? Well, I think Embiid, if Embiid, I mean, Embiid and the Sixers could beat them. Um, although the Celtics have played very well against Embiid and the Sixers traditionally. Um, and I think that Milwaukee could beat them um, if right. they're healthy, if Middleton is healthy. Because um, they're sort of deep and they're they're badass. They 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 come right at you. They got big guys. The Celtics, people don't really realize it, are huge. When they play Porzingis, um, and they play Horford and Tatum next to him, they're gigantic. 
and their guards are big. Derek White and, and Drew Holiday, they're 6'4", 6'5", and they can defend anyone of any size. Uh, Jalen Brown, if he's your three, he can he, he's still going to bully any three in the NBA physically. So they're big and bad, uh, in addition to being some gunners with skill. But Milwaukee is as big as they are. Philadelphia is not. Um, Cleveland is sort of a fashionable pick these days. Um, they've played yeah. really, really well. Donovan Mitchell should get some MVP consideration. He's been insane. Um, but you know, they're not ready to play with the Celtics. Um, I don't think so. I think they're most experienced. I would. I mean, do you think the Heat might be a threat to the Celtics? Like, give them some trouble a little bit. They always do. They. I think Spolstra is the best coach in the league. So they're always going to come at you and make it hard for you. But um, and I, I like their pickup of Terry Rozier. I thought that was really smart because Terry yeah. Rozier defends and um, is a good shooter. Um, you know how when he can score for you. They needed that. Um, but they've he's hurt now, and um, they, and Jimmy Butler. Um, I mean Jimmy Butler. How old is he? Thirty four. Thirty four years old. Thirty four. Oh, yeah, correct. He's. He's he's not getting any younger. None of us are, but he he's not the same player. I mean, he might show up and be Jimmy Jimmy buckets um, for a couple of playoff games. I don't I don't think he's that elite player who can win you um, a conference semifinal or a conference finals as he did, you know, just last year. But uh, I, I just don't think they're I think they're a year older, and I don't and I don't think they're better. Yeah, uh, the def yeah. Uh, as Hal said, uh, the first jump a little bit with Rogier. We we're hoping to get Damon Lillard. That did not happen. So we'll see if they turn off the switch in the playoffs. Speaking about the Heat, they got into a brawl with the Pelicans <laughs> last week. Miami star Jimmy Butler and New Orleans Pelicans wing Najee Marshall were suspended one game for their role. Pelicans guard Jose Alvarado and Heat center Thomas Bryant were each banned three games for taking part in the brawl. While in the bench, and Heat forward Nikola Jovic was suspended one game for departing the bench, but not taking part in the incident. These brawls are pretty common in the NBA, aren't they? They are, but they're just shoving matches. No one actually throws any punches. Um, I'm from the '80s, um, Santi. I remember when people actually, you know, put fist to face, and you know, <laughs> and the benches would empty. I watched a lot of Pistons Celtics games back in the day when there were actual punches thrown. And bad boy Pistons um, Jordan rules. Yeah, go 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 uh go Google um Robert Parrish and Bill Lambeer on the on YouTube and, and see what you find. Those were some fights. Um I I missed this. I saw the highlights of it. It looked like um it looked like uh what do they say in, in uh in England when they have like pushing and shoving matches during a soccer match, they call it handbags at, at ten paces. Um so yeah, that that this is what um, reminded me of that. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, Brawls will give you suspensions. One game, not too bad, but there was two players who got three games. So uh, we'll see how much that will take effect in the Heat and the standings. Also, the Pelicans, mm -hmm. they're kind of out. But Heat is definitely, each game is going to matter. Yeah, uh, there was a time when people, when the Pelicans were sort of a fashionable pick to to finish four, five, six in the um, West, um, you know, uh, for the playoffs. But now that they've they've fallen um, by the wayside, not not through a terrible amount of fault of their own. I, I think they have gotten better. They are better. Zion makes them better. I mean, he's he's a troublesome player in some ways to root for, but uh, they're better than they were last year. But the problem is the West is just way better. Everyone's better except for the Lakers and Warriors in the West.
The history has not changed with the West and the NBA. Mm -hmm. Let's go to England. Liverpool ensure that Jurgen Klopp's final season will end with the silverware after Virgil van Dijk's extra time goal gave them a 1-0 win over Chelsea in the Carabao Cup final Sunday. How it was a good game, boring, but to the end, I thought I was going to go through penalties, but Van Dyke said no. Give me that header once more, which he was ruled out uh, in the game before, uh, prior to that offside, but this time it was onside. Oh, right, right, right. That took one back. Um, well, you just said it was a good game, but it was boring. Which is it? I, I thought it was just boring. <laughs> it was boring, to be honest, <laughs> because we didn't have Mohamed Salah. We didn't have Jota. Liverpool was thin. It didn't look good. They put their you three three teenagers in the match. It might have helped, but they did. But they did a good job after all, though. I guess. Um, you know, Liverpool now has their. You know, they have a chance to to win four trophies, right? Correct. Um, uh, this one, uh, Carabao. The there are still FA a couple, and the Europa Champions, League, uh, Champions League. No Champions League. No, they're not in the Champions League this season. They're only in the Europa League. Oh, they're in the Europa League. Yeah, they finished fifth last season. So, of course, you're right. You're right. You're right. So that would be the you know, winning the Carabao Cup and the Europa League won't be the proper send off for Jurgen Klopp. Um, no. But uh, you know, if he wins the FA Cup um, and the league, I think they'll be happy. Yeah, absolutely. As everyone knows, uh, Jurgen Klopp is going to leave after the season, take a sabbatical. Right. He's only 51 years old, but he looks like an old 51, doesn't he? I guess um, he's gray, and I don't pick on anybody for being gray. But uh, he's he he is young, and I bet he'll uh, he'll he'll take some time off and then go coach somewhere else high profile. I've been saying it for a long time. I think he'd be a great um, U.S. men's national team coach. Um, it certainly would be a that's the that's the beauty of um, the soccer in the United States is that for the European bigwigs like Messi, um, they come here and it's actually a step down in terms of uh, crazy media hype. I mean, we you know. Obviously, people are packing stadia all over the place to see Messi, and um, he's he's a he's a genuine attraction. But he can he can go to the supermarket. He can't do that in Barcelona. Same thing for Klopp. He's just too big a star in England and all of Europe. If he comes here, you know he can coach the team. The expectations aren't as high. It's chill. So yeah, you're gonna come here and coach um, the U.S. team. You know, for 2026, it's gonna be. Are a, you predicting uh, a falter in the Copa America? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's sort of. <laughs> I mean, what does Greg Berhalter have to do to get himself fired? And I'm not I even. I thought about that this morning, and I think top were... four he has to make it in the top four. Oh, I think that's true. I think that he has to make a semifinal at home. Um, and uh, but you know, will they fire him if he doesn't? I mean, just I'm just thinking about all the shit that he went through. Um, just a year ago. I mean, they still brought him back. Um, I can't believe it. Uh, I thought Justin Mark was going to get it. You thought who? I thought Jesse Marsh was going to get it. Well, uh, you know, judging from the market for Jack Jesse Marsh, which we can now see a year later, there isn't one. Um, He's on CBS and, uh, right now. I, I think they had doubts about that, and I think those doubts were well-placed. Uh, Jesse Marsh is, seems like he could be a good coach. He's very young, uh, he, but, you know, uh, it, there aren't other clubs who are trying to sign that guy, and there's only one soccer coaching market worldwide, and he's not very highly valued in it. Klopp is different, of course. Um, the the hard thing to, to to for me to understand or to envision is what does Bearhalter have to do to get fired? And it would have to be a not finish in the semifinal place um, in top four in in uh, the Copa 
coming up this summer. And this is a Copa America. It's not like the CONCACAF Gold Cup. You're going to have to no, beat the is, teams to, this to is get real deal stuff. Final. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy that we are participating and hosting that tournament. We need this kind of test. But the other the other thing I think that Bear Halter, the only thing that could get him fired is the players decide they don't want him anymore. And True. right now, as much as, as a portion of the U.S. fandom hates the guy, the players love him. They, they'll stand by him. Um, Believe it or not, that's probably how he got back into that position was most of the players, even Pulisic, the big one, was talking about it. Yeah, we want him back. Why not? Well, God, I, I just don't understand. Well, I do understand it because I think that the U.S. national team fan base is a bit um, hysterical. And, uh, you know, the, the, they look at I look at a, I look at a match like the, the Dutch um, round of 16 match in Qatar. And I, I dare you to watch that game on TV and tell me that the U.S. did not play well and that they weren't prepared and that they didn't work well against a quality opponent within a framework that Bearhalter came up with. Um, it, it, it's being cast as this embarrassing performance. It was not. It was not. There are limitations to the way Berhalter has set up the team in the past. Um, every team deals with those. But anyway, I, I don't want to get into that. I'm just saying that he... he we got three more months of the Copa America. He, if he was going to be fired, he'd have been fired. And they right. didn't do it. So now we'll see another second, you know, a second... Um, a second circuit, you know, for this guy is very difficult to, to coach two World Cups in a row with the same team. We'll see how it goes. Um, but uh, maybe he doesn't get there, and maybe Klopp can be convinced to take his place. Um, maybe two years from now. Is that two years yeah, from now? Maybe one year from now. One year. Yeah, one we'll year. see. He, he'll be expensive for us, though. I, you know, that, that is a problem. Um, but, you know, I think uh, Pepsi or Frito-Lay or some of the Federation – people could be counted on to kick in to make that happen it would be an enormous draw and it would all it of would their, draw a lot of marketing dollars too it would and i think they would make it back in a heartbeat um uh i don't know that, that, that that's the other problem is that uh, the american sporting public this the soccer segment seems to believe that that people covet this job or that can be attracted to this national team job it's just not true um, this is not a prestigious posting. The only thing we have going for us is that we're going to be hosting a World Cup yeah. um, in 2026. And um, and it's very difficult to imagine another situation where a host country has such low expectations for the team. People are saying, oh, we need to make the semis. If he made the quarters, he'd be, it would be deemed a success. We've only done that once before. And that, that's unusual. There's disconnect there between the U.S. World Cup hosting and the expectations for the team. Um, he can take advantage of that. It can He can work it to his benefit. Um, but I don't know that we can pay him enough. We'll see. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Like, everyone's talking about we need to have that big win. Is it against Uruguay? Is it against a Peru or Colombia or a Argentina? We, we have to have that big win because we haven't had a monumental win in a while. Uh, so hopefully we'll get it this summer. So anyways, um, before we get into Inter-Miami, there was breaking news this morning. Everton, who had a 10-point deduction in the Premier League about a couple months ago, uh, they made it, they, they actually did a uh, appeal and they reduced it to six points. Really? So right now they're at 15th place rather than, I think they were at 17th or 18th a couple days uh, uh, uh almost like 24 hours ago. So they've been appealed. So there's some relief for Everton. Wow. 
Um, I like Everton. I'm, I'm glad for them. I think they got sort of screwed. Although, uh, look, these, these, there's two poles, you know, in the Premiership um, when it comes to how the fair play rules are being leveraged. Um, it, it's you got you got Everton and Forest, Nottingham Forest, who are just doing everything they can to stay in the in the Premiership, and they're signing guys right and left because they're desperate. Um, and a lot of times you're you're signing contracts that you can't cover or that exceed the amount um, that the league allows when it comes to those kind of things. You have to sell off players in order to get money when you're up against it. We know they're close because they've already been fined. Everton, that is. Um, Forrest in the same situation. Then at the other end of the poll, you have Manchester City, which has been lying about the amount of money that they are spending because they're masking all sorts of marketing dollars that they've paid to you know, Etihad Airlines. You know, that, or not not Etihad. Um, what's Emirates? Yeah, Etihad, Etihad, not Emirates, right? Yeah. Etihad. So that they've they've been playing, you know, fast and loose with the rules too. Um, I just hope they they deduct six points from Manchester City at some point because I know everyone seems to know that they have screwed around with the rules um, in a major way and they haven't been punished. But um, God, the cynic in me, Santi, says that they've reduced this penalty on Everton so that they can get away more readily with not doing anything to Manchester City. That would make yeah. me sad, but that's what I'm expecting. Yeah, that day is definitely going to come for Man City and some other big clubs out here. We'll see. Anyways, we are out of time. How? What is the best way to reach you on online? Uh, I put it there on the screen. Um, my uh, Instagram is gen0.halphillips, and um, same thing for threads. I'm sort of switching over to threads, so let's go with that. Awesome. You can reach us at thesportscast.net on our website or the Sportscast one on X and Instagram. We'll be uh, looking at that this week. Combine coming up. Uh, we got some NBA games closing in. College basketball is going to pop up with March Madness. And a lot going on in sports. Messi tied 1-1 last night against Galaxy. Last-minute goal. Classic Barcelona. He's uh, Luis Suarez to Messi. And Messi not dove in, but he just kicked it in. In a sliding manner, I guess. Oh, I watched the uh, I watched the Apple TV Messi um, at at the World Cup uh, documentary. Um, terrible. It, I mean, actually, it was fun to relive the tournament through Argentina's experience, which was pretty dramatic and fun. And Messi, of course, but they have all the talking heads, including Messi and and Di Maria and uh, uh, all, all the players. And you have never heard more sort of mealy mouthed generalization statements than you've heard from these guys they really say nothing to the interviewers and it goes on for like four episodes of an hour <laughs> but the i gotta check it out then <laughs> yeah you'd like it you'd like it it's fun i i enjoyed it in spite of that fact i watch a lot of soccer documentaries so um i know hopefully I'm the w might be one of them <laughs> anyways <laughs> there you have it how it's been a wonderful time i appreciate you coming on to the sports guys always my pleasure santi good to see you and this was your episode.